Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf. Keep listening to find out more about the book Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Bellin and what you can be learning from Navy SEALs that you can apply in your leadership role. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back. Chosen another leadership book today. And don't know if it's just me, but I'm finding at the moment that there's more and more conversations, and rightly so, about leadership, about what good leadership looks like in crisis situations, and people having to really step up and lead in ways that maybe they're not used to or haven't done before. And I've been talking to quite a few people in organizations who have all consistently said that they've been very surprised at who has stepped up and who hasn't in their organizations, which is a bit of a shame in many of those cases because it's not always in a positive way. That said, there are also examples of people who they didn't expect to step up or hadn't really shown some of those leadership skills before who are who are able to do that and have proved themselves that they actually in the right situation or maybe the wrong situation depending on which way you look at it they are the ones that people are looking to to lead and inspire so this is a book that i know a lot of people really enjoy uh, it's one that does the rounds a lot on social media and on on instagram and uh, particularly in the kind of leadership book or non-fiction book community And it's also one that a lot of people I know have read and really enjoyed and took a lot of lessons from. Now, I'll talk a little bit more about what I thought of the book as we go through. But if you haven't heard of the book Extreme Ownership, then let me tell you a little bit more about it and the authors. Sent to the most violent battlefields in Iraq, Jocko Willink and Leif Babin's SEAL Task Force unit faced a seemingly impossible mission. Help US forces secure Ramadi a city deemed all but lost. In gripping first-hand accounts of heroism, tragic loss and hard-won victories in SEAL Team 3's task unit Bruiser, they learn that leadership at every level is the most important factor in whether a team succeeds or fails. Willink and Bebin returned home from deployment and instituted SEAL leadership training that helped forge the next generation of SEAL leaders. After departing the SEAL teams, they launched Echelon Front a company that teaches these same leadership principles to businesses and organizations. From promising startups to Fortune 500 companies, Babin and Willink have helped scores of clients across a broad range of industries, build their own high-performance teams and dominate their battlefields. A little bit more about the book. Detailing the mindset and principles that enable SEAL units to accomplish the most difficult missions in combat, Extreme Ownership shows how to apply them to any team, family or organisation. Each chapter focuses on a specific topic such as cover and move, decentralised command and leading up the chain, explaining what they are, why they're important and how to implement them in any leadership environment. A compelling narrative with powerful instruction and direct application, Extreme Ownership revolutionises business management and challenges leaders everywhere to fulfil their ultimate purpose, to lead and win. And all the links to where those little blurbs came from are in the show notes. As that last little blurb said, I found that I really liked the format of the book. Each of the chapters starts with a principle. It tells the story, actually launches straight into a story from the battlefield, how they learnt it or an example of that particular principle. It then explains the principle in terms of what they're actually, what the key lesson is. And then it gives a little section or sometimes a a bigger section on the application to business, talking about the clients that they've helped across all those different industries, apply that same principle that they learned in the SEALs 
to a business context. So the format is great and, and it gives you that little bit of insight into what it looks like at a, at a quite an extreme level through to how you apply that in that same principle to a probably much safer environment of a business. Now, if you love a war story and literally a war story in this case, and all of that kind of stuff that comes with the Navy SEALs, then you will love the book because there's heaps and heaps of stories from the field in the book. But of course, there is more to it than just lots of war stories. There are, of course, the big ideas that you can apply to your leadership, your own leadership role. Now, one of the biggest ones is extreme ownership. And I do love the concept of extreme ownership that you, whatever happens, it's down to you. And I think that alone, if we just, if they just actually, if they had just released that one chapter on extreme ownership, that would have been enough. I think that alone is actually the thing that un, would would unpick a lot of problems in organizations that would release a lot of the pressure because a lot of it comes down to lack of ownership, lack of accountability, lack of responsibility. So I think you could just read this, the chapter on extreme ownership, take a lot away from that and go and apply it. So obviously extreme ownership is the biggest big idea, but I wanted to go a little bit deeper into three of the other big ideas from the book. Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. By the way, Leif, L-E-I-F, I'm assuming it's pronounced Leif. I'm very sorry, Leif, if you're listening and that is not how I pronounce your name, please don't come and tell me off because you look kind of scary. All right, let's get into the three big ideas. Number one, belief is key. Now, this is something that is incredibly challenging in a lot of organizations. It is the, the fact that to convince and inspire others to follow you, you must believe in the mission truly. Now, I know the word mission, and just a bit of a side note here, I know the word mission is quite confronting for some people. I'm very sorry. I am going to use it because it is used throughout the book in the context of their military background. But just that little caveat there if anyone doesn't like the word mission. And the reason I say this is quite complex or can be quite hard in organizations is that sometimes you don't believe that whatever it is that you need to ask other people to do or, or do yourself, you're not actually sure it is the right idea or the right outcome or the right direction. But in order to convince and inspire others, you need to truly believe in that mission. Now that does come back to actually having had your say in challenging that and getting to understand it properly, but you need to align to a greater cause. There's a lot in here about coming back to why, coming back to a purpose, coming back to what is it you're trying to achieve, which is absolutely true in, in whatever context. There is a quote in the book where it says, it is incumbent on senior leaders to take time to explain and answer the questions of their junior leaders so that they too can understand and believe. So it's no good just you believing in what needs to happen or what's happening next or what the overall aim or vision, etc., is because you need to actually communicate that. Give the other people the chance to question it. And that's the other really important point to answer their questions, to help them understand it so that they can then go forward and make it happen. So your actions and your words must then also align to the belief your to your belief in the mission. It can't just be stated, but then you're going and doing things somewhere else which are undermining that. Because people will see that and people will, will copy probably what you're doing rather than what you're saying. Now, this is, like I said, can be quite challenging. And I know certainly as a leader or when I had a, a leadership roles, there would be many times that I would say to people who are working with me, hey, I don't think this is necessarily the thing that we need to do, but or that this is the right way of doing things or the right thing to be doing. But we've been told we have to do it. So 
let's all just make it as painless as we can and, and get through it. I probably would still agree that there is a place for that. However, a lot of the time that's because, or can be because, or that kind of situation, which is not uncommon, can be because you've not had a chance to really challenge things. It's just been pressed down and no one's really challenging it in the way that it could or should be. So belief in the, or belief is key in whatever you're trying to do, but you, there has to be a place for you or your those working with you to be able to challenge it and ask questions too, to then create their own belief. So that's big idea number one, belief is key. Big idea number two is decentralize. Now this book and the three big ideas could have just been delegate, delegate, delegate. A huge amount of the principles in the book come down to this idea of decentralization, of delegating, of empowering others. So the whole book is, is actually quite a long book on delegation, I would say. But fundamentally that comes down to this idea of decentralizing. They say that humans can only manage six to 10 people, especially when things are going wrong. And I thought that was very interesting because we've probably many of us and you've probably seen organizations where people are managing 20, 30, 40, maybe even 50 or 60 people. Is that possible? So is then a case of going, right, how do we break this down? So you need to push down as much as possible or push as much down as is possible too. That also means therefore that you have to put your ego away. Another very common big idea that comes up in many books is the putting away of one's ego because with an ego, you won't be able to push things down. You won't be able to delegate because you have this sense of control. And there was some pretty scary stories in the book, throughout the book, where people didn't do that, where something went wrong because they were the only ones with the information because they hadn't empowered other people with the the, the authority of the delegation to make other decisions, but then everything laid with one person and that became obviously quite quickly or became quite, uh, came undone quite quickly. Now it comes back to also the first big idea that if everyone truly understands and believes in the mission, they should be able to make decisions accordingly. And that's the fundamental part. If everyone gets it, everyone is, if you've got the right people on your team as well, even before all of this stuff, you know, but getting the right people, then they should be able to make those decisions. And we've all probably been ourselves in situations when we have taken on too much. We've been a bit of a martyr about it and the results have suffered accordingly. Now, I think this massive experiment we're all currently going through on remote work is probably bringing that to life for a few people because they've realized that they are carrying way too much and other people haven't been empowered and therefore haven't built up those skills of being able to take things on for themselves, being able to think for themselves, being able to be pro, uh, productive and proactive because they've never been able to, to do that because they've been micromanaged or you've been controlling everything. The other risk, and this is a really big one, obviously from a, from a SEALs or from a, an army perspective is that as a leader, although absolutely relevant for, for business as well, is that as a leader, if you are taking on all the work, if you are doing all the things, if you are maintaining all of that ownership and responsibility, you're losing situational awareness because you're too in the detail and in the weeds and you can't actually lift your head up and see what's going on, see what's coming next, plan for the future, be thinking about those different timelines. So losing that situational awareness absolutely undermines your value and impact as a leader. And you can only undo that by decentralizing the command and decentralizing decisions and actions and all the things that need to happen. So that's big idea number two, decentralize. Big idea number three, possibly one of my favorite ones is other than obviously extreme ownership overall, is planning. No, 
This was very exciting to see in this book. Nothing can be achieved without a plan. And again, there's some examples in the book and some obviously quite quite dramatic ones in the, the Navy SEALs examples or stories that are in this particular chapter, where they talk about what happened when the plan wasn't set properly, wasn't clear, hadn't been properly communicated, and all of the things and disasters that can happen as a result. There are various steps in the book that Jocko and Leaf put out in terms of the leader's checklist for planning and it should include things like analyzing the mission understanding what is the what is the overall purpose what are you trying to achieve identifying and stating that mission to to others so that it's it's put out there being able to identify the people you need the assets the resources the time etc decentralizing the planning process so actually decentralization and that idea of pushing things down as much as possible is built into your planning process there's also then you go into the steps around determining the course of action around what happens with the different the different situations that could emerge doing some scenario planning thinking about the contingencies therefore you need to need to take into account if one thing happens over another mitigating any risks that are obvious again delegating more of that plan so at various points in the planning checklist are hints and reminders to at which points to start delegating and decentralizing as you go down that checklist it then starts to build in things like continually checking in and questioning the plan against the any new information that's coming again probably not something that we're all particularly good at doing because we make a plan we're like cool that's the plan that's what we're going to do without having without having the the rigor around coming back to it when new information emerges or when we get or when things situations change which obviously again very relevant at the moment and then obviously making sure you are communicating the plan to everyone who needs to know, including maybe interested parties, even if they're not actually executing the plan. And finally, doing a post-operational debrief or a post-action review or post-mortem, whatever you want to call it, after the activity has happened to assess, to learn, to see what went well, what didn't go so well. Again, probably one of the things that we are not very good at doing generally in business on the whole there's obviously exceptions is doing that level that having that level of reflection afterwards to say hey what what worked what didn't work etc there's another big idea in the book which Jocko is quite famous for saying which is discipline equals freedom that's right at the end of the book and I think it's these kind of things it is that planning process it's having those checklists it's knowing what you're doing and having that really rigorous approach to doing everything that gives you then the freedom to move around that gives you the freedom to change things it gives you the freedom to pivot or whatever else you need to do because the discipline of your systems your processes has given you the freedom to adapt and that's another so there's obviously extreme ownership which is a quite a big obviously overall umbrella big idea and also this one little kind of almost thrown in at the end but so important around discipline equals freedom and i know a lot of people apply that to their lives in terms of their what do they do when they wake up? What are they doing? What are they having for breakfast? And having that discipline around their routine because it gives them then the freedom to focus on the things that actually matter rather than fatiguing their brain, making bone decisions about what to have for breakfast or what to wear each day. So that's big idea number three, plan. So quick recap, the three big ideas took from the book Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Bevin. Number one, believe. Number two, decentralize. And number three, plan. As I mentioned, it's a longer book. Maybe it's, it's a little bit longer than it needs to be. However, the stories in there are pretty compelling and I found it a very 
quick read despite its length and, and pretty enjoyable read. As I also said, it is a lot about delegation. And if you just want some of the stuff on extreme ownership, I would probably just recommend reading that chapter because it's a really great, really great chapter, really great stories and some fantastic quotes in there. That said, I think there's still stuff in there that people will be, will find themselves not doing and will find themselves going, oh, actually, I hadn't thought of those sort of things. Or I hadn't thought about the decentralization, how many people should be reporting to other people etc and the kind of the organizational structure so there's definitely stuff a lot in there throughout but like i said there is a probably a, a higher focus on the more the delegation the empowerment the decentralization if you've read the book i'd love to hear from you let me know what you thought contact details as usual are in the show notes you can find me on instagram at steph's biz bookshelf or on linkedin steph-clark with an e on the end or click on one of the handy links in the show notes. It'll take you straight through to drop me a message. But otherwise, until next time, happy reading. <laughs>